0: We live in the world, which is headed and run by the prince of the power of the air. But we live by the Spirit, discerning the times. For he who is spiritual discerns all things. Sharpen your discernment. Build your faith. Listen to the Word and world team. Minister the Word of God through conversational theology, piercing the darkness of this present evil age.
1: Silence. Well, welcome back. This is Hampton Keithley with Bob Brandon, and we're doing Politics Friday. And I thought we were going to talk about Benjamin Franklin, but maybe we have a little digression or something.
2: I'm going to rabbit trail us, Hampton. By the way, speaking of rabbit trails, if I were taking a drive, from the Great Warehouse District of Gypsum, Colorado, down to uh, Dallas, Texas. What part of Dallas are you in again? I forget the name of that. Garland. Gar- Garland. That's right. If I, and I if I was going from here to Garland, and I took a different turn than the normal route, that would be on purpose. That wouldn't be you know, I lost control of what I was doing and just happened to go left or right. That would be on purpose. So the reason we're rabbit trailing today, there's a purpose to it. So this is an article called what is the great reset? It's in imprimis uh, magazine. It's more like a mailer, but are you familiar
1: with little That's uh, right.
2: thing? That's right. Hillsdale's publication. Hillsdale is essentially the way I I look at them is they're the defenders of the Constitution. (laughs) They have a great little school. I think it's in Michigan. You you have to take courses in the Constitution, no matter what your field of studies is there.
1: Yeah, and I think they have some free online courses so that you can
2: yeah, everybody can do that.
1: They also are famous for not taking any government money so they can do what they want. And not they can to.
2: say what they want. That's for now. That'll get taken away. But for now, they can. OK, so this is a great article. We're, we're going to read through this and then discuss, talk our way through it. Because remember, Hampton, we are fond of conversational theology. So here's the author this article. His name is Michael Rechtenwald. I'm saying Wald like a German would say it. It's it's W-A-L-D, but they say W like a V, don't right. they? Right. Right. Okay. So Michael Rechtenwald is the Chief Academic Officer for American Scholars. He has a BA from the University of Pittsburgh and MA from Case Western Reserve University. PhD in literary and cultural studies from Carnegie Mellon University. He's taught at New York University, Duke University, North Carolina Central University, Carnegie Mellon University, and Case Western Reserve University. My dad went to Case Western Reserve, Hampton. Oh, wow. That's it. That's in Cleveland. <clears throat> He's, by the way, just thinking of that name, you're like, Western Reserve in Ohio? What, what's well, that, that to, all about?
1: That, that used to be the West.
2: <laughs> that used to be the West as the country developed. Here's his books. He's written uh, 19th Century British Secularism, Science, Religion, and Literature. That's one title. Google Archipelago, Beyond Woke, and Thought Criminal. Hmm. So... Anyway, I'm going to pick some bones with this guy as we get started. But for the most part, there's a reason I'm reading this. It's helpful. So keep in mind as we dive into this, you know, last time we spent a fair amount of time on COVID. What we really haven't done yet with COVID is put it within the socio political context of what's going on. And this guy's going to help do that. So this is important material. The following is adapted from a talk delivered at Hillsdale College on November 7th, 2021, during the Center for Constructive Alternatives Conference on the Great Reset. So the title, again, of this piece is, What is the Great Reset? Do you have that in your mind Like as as I start reading that? I've heard of it. I
1: haven't haven't looked into it very much, but I have definitely heard of it.
2: Okay, this is important. Here's how he starts. Is the Great Reset a conspiracy theory, imagining a vast left-wing plot to establish a totalitarian one-world government? (laughs) I would say yes. (laughs) He says his next one-word sentence, No. Despite the fact that some people may have spun conspiracy theories based on it, with some reason, as we will see, the Great Reset is real. Okay, so time out. <clears throat> Here's part of what, you know, grabs my attention, just in that opening little paragraph. We've only touched on this before we haven't really dived into it i don't know if it really requires a deep dive as much as it just requires awareness the left is spectacular at defining the terms of a conversation so yes. the right they're very good at that they almost win the argument just by the terms they use So uh, keep this in mind. When you see the phrase conspiracy theory, instantly my hackles go up. How many conspiracy theories have proved to be true over time? Most most of them. (laughs) Quite a few of them, right? And there becomes a, a point where it's not theory, it's fact, it's not a, yeah, it's
1: not a conspiracy theory. It's an actual conspiracy.
2: Correct. That's been going on, you know, since the dawn of time. You could easily see the left labeling Christianity a conspiracy theory, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, oh. Let me get this straight. You got this invisible guy called a devil, and he threw a monkey wrench into mankind. Yes, it's not a theory. That's exactly what happened. Right. So. The reason he when he says no, this is not a a left wing plot to establish a totalitarian one world government. It is that the reason he's saying no is, uh, in my opinion, people still want to be part of a club. He doesn't want to be kicked out of any speaking engagements. Right. He still answers to a wider society. And he wants to be a member of that club. So he wants to sound academic and he doesn't want to be labeled a conspiracy theorist. Even though he said, right, some people may have spun conspiracy theories. He uses the verb spun. I'm not spinning anything, I'm just <laughs> aware of the facts. But he says some people, you know, may have spun conspiracy theories based on it. Then he says, with some reason. Yeah. A lot of reason, <laughs> okay. but you, you understand why I'm I'm rabbit trailing that a little bit. It's conspiracy theory is a term that's tossed out there to marginalize someone. Yes. Well, I've got a lot of data on my side. So anyway, let's keep reading. Indeed. Yeah, well, that's a good start. Yeah, indeed. Just last year, Klaus Schwab a founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. So often you'll see that abbreviated the WEF. Okay, that's Klaus Schwab. A famous organization made up of the world's political, economic, and cultural elites that meets annually in Davos, Davos, Switzerland. And Terry Mallaret, let me let me qualify that name, because I have no idea if I'm pronouncing it correctly. French guy. So Ter, I'm saying Terry. It's T-H-I-E-R-R-Y. And then the last name might be more like Malaret, M-A-L-L-E-R-E-T. Okay. So from here on out, I'm just going to call him Terry Malaret. I don't know if that's right. I apologize to him if I'm abusing his name. So co-founder and main author of the Monthly Barometer published a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. Let's pause there for a second. Is any of that theory or is that just fact? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is it a raw fact that there is a world economic forum and here's who makes it up, the political, economic, and cultural elites They meet every year in Davos. Is that any of that theory or is that fact?
1: It's fact.
2: (laughs) Okay. And here's their book by Schwab and Mallory. COVID-19, the great reset theory or fact? (laughs) Fact. Okay. In the book, they define the great reset as a means of addressing the weaknesses of capitalism. That's in quotes, weaknesses of capitalism. So let me read that again. In the book, they define the great reset as a means of addressing the weaknesses of capitalism that were purportedly exposed by the COVID pandemic. So let's pause there. Was there a COVID pandemic? (laughs) Right. You, you and I might differ on that, right? But you, you understand where I'm going uh, with that, yeah, right? No, there was no pandemic. Just like in 1976, another fact, not a conspiracy theory, the swine flu, quote, pandemic. One person died of that. One total in the history of that whole, quote, pandemic. There was no COVID pandemic. They just called the flu and other upper respiratory viruses COVID, That's all. It's all media controlled. That's fact. That's not my theory. So anyway, next paragraph. But the idea of the Great Reset goes back much further. It can be traced at least as far back as the inception of the WEF, originally founded as a European Management Forum in 1971. In that same year, Schwab, an engineer and economist by training, published his first book, Modern Enterprise Management in Mechanical Engineering. It was in this book that Schwab first introduced the concept he would later call stakeholder capitalism, arguing, quote, that the management of a modern enterprise must serve not only shareholders but all stakeholders to achieve long-term growth and prosperity, unquote. <clears throat> Let me pause there.
1: say, What's the difference between a stakeholder and a shareholder?
2: Okay, but let's even back up a little bit further than that. We'll clarify that. And he'll clarify that in the article in just a little bit. But, okay. but this is important. Again, the left is really good at defining the terms of a debate. So these terms are critical. I'm glad you picked that out. Let me just uh, shortcut it. We'll read what he says in a second. A shareholder, that's a guy who's got stock in the company, right? that That's a worker there or a person who owns some of their stock. A stakeholder, is anyone affected by that company? <laughs> okay. okay. You see how that's going towards a one world sort of thing? So, Let me read on. Schwab and the WEF have promoted the idea of stakeholder capitalism ever since. They can take credit for the stakeholder and public-private partnership rhetoric and policies embraced by governments, corporations, non-governmental organizations, and international governance bodies worldwide. So, see how that, that term stakeholder becomes all of a sudden, you know, is this amorphous amoeba like thing that all of a sudden governments are involved in and so on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. It, it's important. You made a great observation. Keep those terms in your mind straight shareholders and stakeholders. Stakeholders is anybody. Okay. So, uh, shareholders, those are guys who have immediate stock. Let me, uh, rabbit trail just for a second. It's, this is going to become more apparent in a second, but it's on my mind right now. And this is important. I heard an interview. I can't remember the guy's name. French multi-billionaire, really wealthy guy. Sounded, you mean, very likable. I, I think he is. He, he's one of the elites that's, Kind of sees what's happening and, and doesn't like it. But uh during the interview, somebody might have been Stu Peters, even. I know you listen to Stu from time to time, might have been on that show, but uh Facebook came up and Stu Peters said, Well, you know, uh Zuckerberg, and the, the French guy just kind of laughed. When when I laugh, it's usually snide or derisive. His was a real laugh. He he wasn't being snide, but he said, you don't think Zuckerberg runs Facebook, do you? And Peter said, well, yeah, I, I think that. He just laughed. He said the U.S. government runs that. He said they took that over long ago. Zuckerberg is paid by the U.S. government, says the French guy. And yeah, you would, you know, the normal citizen is going to think what you do, that it's Zuckerberg's company and this and that. He goes, it's not, it's run by the U S and they pay Zuckerberg a phenomenal amount of money to do that. How interesting was that?
1: Never heard that before.
2: Very interesting. And I would imagine that's true of all those big, like Google and all that, the government runs those. So that's why they de-platform people. That's why they shut down any opposition and so on, right? They're paid to do that. So anyway, whether now that I would put in the category of theory because I don't know that for sure. That guy sounded very confident of his statement, and I could see that being true. But I, you could see the same effect whether it's true or not. You can see that Zuckerberg does that. hmm So anyway, that's all elaborating on the term uh, stakeholders. So next paragraph, the specific phrase Great Reset came into general circulation over a decade ago with the publication of a 2010 book, The Great Reset by American urban studies scholar, Richard Florida. Written in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis, Florida's book argued that the 2008 economic crash was the latest in a series of great resets, including the long depression of the 1870s and the great depression of the 1930s, which he defined as periods of paradigm shifting systemic innovation. Four years after Florida's book was published, at the 2014 annual meeting of the WEF, Schwab declared, quote, what we want to do in Davos this year is to push the reset button. And subsequent that unquote. And subsequently, the image of a reset button would appear on the WEF's website. Do you remember Hillary using that? In her campaign? I do not. Oh, yeah. We need to push the great reset button. Okay. She wasn't talking exactly about Schwab in in particular, but using that terminology, right? She's very familiar with what's going on behind the scenes here. Back to the article. In 2018 and 2019, the WEF organized two events that became the primary inspiration for the current Great Reset project. And also, for obvious reasons, fresh fodder for conspiracy theorists. Don't blame me for the latter. All I'm doing is relating the historical facts. See how he's so hard trying to distance himself from Mm -hmm. that term? Yeah. What a baby. I would just... I mean, he's the article's really good. I like what he says, but I would say, you know, to Michael, if we were, you know, having a private conversation somewhere, hey, hey, Mike, you don't need to be part of the club. Just say what you see. So anyway, in May 2018, the WEF collaborated with Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security to conduct clade X, clade is c-l-a-d-e clade x all in caps a simulation of a national pandemic response let me read the date that happened again 2018 they simulated a pandemic now is that me being a conspiracy theorist or is that just a raw fact
1: Sounds like a fact.
2: It's just a fact. So, specifically, the exercise simulated the outbreak of a novel strain of a human para influenza virus with genetic elements of the Nipah virus called clade X. The simulation ended with a news report stating that in the face of cladex without effective vaccines, quote, experts tell us that we would eventually see 30 to 40 million deaths in the U.S. and more than 900 million around the world, 12% of the global population, unquote. Clearly, preparation for a global pandemic was in order. Again, is that me making that up or is that just raw fact? And anybody who's not aware of this stuff should just watch uh, Plandemic. Find a platform that'll play that for you. It details the whole thing. This whole, quote, outbreak COVID was all planned. That's why they use the term Plandemic. It's not some new virus mankind had never seen before all of a sudden broke out onto the world population it's not what happened it was all on purpose it's manufactured and these during these pandemic meetings like in this case clade x they go through have you ever seen them hampton have you ever watched that like they have some of that on film their meetings
1: no, I haven't.
2: Oh, it's interesting. They'll have the person representing the media, the government person, you know, all the different aspects of a society. And they're saying this is how we will handle, you know, this situation, this situation. The media is just, oh, yeah, we'll we'll get people to believe X. It's so interesting. I mean, when you see it, you're just going, oh, my gosh, how, how could anybody not? understand what's really happening after you see that years before the outbreak. So anyway, part of it, they talked about in the, in the pandemic stuff, you know, like who's going to be a problem for us because we think we can dupe the world, but who's going to be the the problem. (laughs) And it's essentially, sorry, I'm trying to, Okay, and it's essentially Hampton, you and me. We're the problem. The the conservative Christians are not going to fall for our media hype. Is I'm putting it in my terms, but that that's what they're driving at in those meetings. Mm-hmm. So they're discussing, you know, how are we going to shut that down. I mean, it's anybody who watches that and then still wonders about getting vaccinated or so on. Oh my gosh. Okay, back to the article. In October. 2019, the WEF collaborated with Johns Hopkins and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on another pandemic exercise, Event 201, which simulated an international response to the outbreak of a novel coronavirus. This was two months before the COVID outbreak in China became news and five months before the world health organization declared it a pandemic. And it closely resembled the future COVID scenario, including incorporating the idea of asymptomatic spread (laughs) again, theory or reality, right? Okay. The clade X and event 201 simulations anticipated almost every eventuality of the actual COVID crisis. Most notably, the responses by governments, health agencies, the media, tech companies, and elements of the public. The responses and their effects included worldwide lockdowns. But do you understand they planned this? Oh, yeah. They They said we will do that in the planning exercises, and that's what happened. Worldwide lockdowns, the collapse of businesses and industries, the adoption of biometric surveillance technologies, and emphasis on social media censorship to combat, quote, misinformation. <laughs> Unquote. The flooding of social and legacy media with quote, authoritative sources, unquote, widespread riots and mass unemployment. Were there widespread riots in the U.S. leading up to Mm COVID-19? It's all planned. I can't believe people don't see this. Anyway, I read on. In addition to being promoted as a response to COVID, the Great Reset is promoted as a response to climate change in 2017 the WEF published a paper entitled we need to reset the global operating system to achieve the United Nations sustainable sustainable development goals that's another term sustainable
0: that's yeah. just right
2: that's just code for uh, environmentally friendly right mm-hmm Which, you know, is defined by their terms, not reality. Anyway, on June 13th, 2019, the WEF signed a memorandum of understanding with the United Nations. Okay, let's pause there. These aren't just a bunch of guys meeting in Davos, Switzerland. They're powerful, really powerful, right? They're communicating with the United Nations and so on, they're actually the powers that are running the powers behind the governments. Mm -hmm. So anyway, let me read that again. On June 13th, 2019, the WEF signed a memorandum of understanding with the United Nations to form a partnership to advance the, quote, UN 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, unquote. Shortly after that, the WEF published the quote, United Nations World Economic Forum Strategic Partnership Framework for the 2030 Agenda, unquote, promising to help finance the UN's climate change agenda and committing the WEF to help the UN quote, meet the needs of the fourth industrial revolution, unquote, including providing assets and expertise for digital governance. Next paragraph. In June, 2020, at its 50th annual meeting, the WEF announced the Great Reset's official launch. And a month later, Schwab and Mallory published their book on COVID and the Great Reset. The book declared that COVID represents an, quote, opportunity that can be seized that, quote, we should take advantage of this unprecedented opportunity to reimagine our world, unquote. That, quote, the moment must be seized to take advantage of this unique window of opportunity, unquote. And that, quote, for those fortunate enough to find themselves in industries naturally resilient to the pandemic, unquote think here of big tech companies like apple google facebook and amazon quote the crisis was not only more bearable but even a source of profitable opportunities at a time of distress for the majority unquote any of that my conspiracy theory or did they just write that in their book those are all quotes from them yeah Right. So next paragraph. The Great Reset aims to usher in a bewildering economic amalgam. Schwab's stakeholder capitalism, which I have called corporate socialism and Italian philosopher Giorgio Agamben has called communist capitalism.
0: I
1: I guess I was I would call that fascism when you have. Major industry working hand in hand with the government to control everything, isn't that the real definition of fascism? Not,
2: I we so we should define those terms. Let me leave fascism aside for a minute. We'll, we'll come back to that one, but um, socialism is commonly defined as uh, government control of production, okay. right, and. Communism is government control of every of the whole society. The stated goal of socialism is communism. So that's probably, you know, Schwab being an economist, that's probably why he's using those terms. Here's what I wanted to pause and, and look at though. Um, but you're, you're right to point out, whoa, 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 this is all about control. That the quote, great reset is all about control, one world control. We're going to look at that more. He's going to detail that coming up in the article, but here's where I wanted to pause and read a, a verse from the Bible to give us a deeper biblical insight into what's going on. So this is Ephesians chapter one. Uh, I'll start in, in verse nine. I'm really headed for 10. You know, this ephesians 1 like all the way through 14 is one sentence (laughs) so it's hard to know where to dive in Um, but we're going to dive in in verse 9 of chapter 1 of paul's letter to the ephesians he did this when he revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in christ verse 10 toward the administration of the fullness of the times to head up all things in Christ, the things in heaven and the things on earth. Here's where I wanted to dive in the the word administration toward the administration of the fullness of the times. That word that we you have you Hampton have translated there administration is the Greek compound word uh, that we get economy from stewards mm-hmm. oikos. Greek for house, which could mean more than right your physical building you live in. House has the metaphorical meaning meaning of like your um, sphere of influence, your dominion, right, your reign. So oikos and then namas, that's the Greek word for law. So, in other words, the Greek term in a literal sense, the house law we've translated their administration as it, as it should be done that that's what paul's driving at so i just wanted people to know the where we get the term economy from is that greek term oikos namas right
1: right
2: so uh, what the one world government guys are driving at when they use the term economy is is their control the house law how things are going to be governed under their authority. The Bible uses it the same way. Competing with the one world guys is the ultimate one world guy, <laughs> the creator of it, right? Jesus Christ is going to rule. We will have one world government in a sense, in a, in a sense, right? It's interesting to think about what the economy that when you know, used in our our modern language, what the economy will be like when Christ reigns in the millennium. You ever thought about that?
1: No, I hadn't really thought about the economy.
2: It's kind of interesting to think about, isn't it? Well, remember when Solomon reigned, silver had no value because they had so much gold. Right. And, it, and it wasn't because Israel was overflowing with natural resources. It was because things were run correctly. So when Jesus is here on his throne in Jerusalem, things will be run correctly. And the whole earth will produce like it always was created to. The economy will be so smooth, there will just be a super abundance of everything.
1: We were just going to be sitting on clouds playing harps.
2: <laughs> you, may you might be. You have probably have more musical skill than I do. I'm, I can't play a harp, man. I, I'm hoping I got another job than harp player. But <clears throat> that is kind of funny. A lot of pictures, sort of, and then they kind of picture it, you know, almost like a cupid thing. You got, to, you're wearing a little diaper, and you got a. Instead, maybe instead of a little bow and arrow, you have a little harp. Oh my, and maybe a halo, right? Right. What a, yeah, what a mischaracterization of what it's going to be. Um, but anyway, the economy that Christ will run will be based in its essence upon what a human being really is. This economic system that most closely resembles that is capitalism communism is based on coercion i mean it's that's top-down heavy european working in a factory capitalism says you're an individual with the freedom to work you know go do it We, we have laws moral laws that govern the society obey those but beyond that be what you should be communism does not value a human being that way communism's godless you evolve from pond scum. you're capable of working so we're going to put you to work and the parameter is going to be xyz you can see where these one world guys are heading that's and it comes up further on in, in this article but i just wanted people to know this it, early on i made this statement that the bible's the most political book i've ever read it is the Bible's where you get your understanding of what a human being really is. And whatever economic system you're going to use and employ, it should correspond to what a human really is. And if it doesn't, it's a broken system. So, yeah. so anyway, Ephesians 1.10 is the biblical word. where we get our English word economy from. And the Greek word's very similar. It is almost transliterated into English, right? Oikos namas, economy. So anyway, back to the article. In brief, stakeholder capitalism involves the behavioral modification of corporations to benefit, not shareholders, but stakeholders. Individuals and groups that stand to benefit or lose from corporate behavior. Let me pause there for a sec, because you're going to see how the term, how Schwab is using these terms like a good leftist. They're going to be the opposite of what they really are. So in other words, when he says uh, stakeholder capitalism, what he really means, what he's driving at is socialism slash communism. But he's going to use the term capitalism for that. Why, why would they do that? Why would they use a term that's just the opposite of what they mean? To deceive? To deceive. No, people know that socialism, communism does not work. You, you know who knows that more than anybody? The Chinese and the Russians know that because they've tried it. It doesn't work. We'll see that also further in the article. So they have to call it a kind of capitalism in order to get people on board. But what they're really talking about is socialism slash communism. You'll see that in a a minute. Back to the article. Stakeholder capitalism requires not only corporate responses to pandemics and ecological issues such as climate change, but, and this is in quotes, also rethinking commitments to already vulnerable communities within their ecosystems, unquote. This is the social justice aspect of the Great Reset. That's why you were seeing riots in the U.S. before the COVID outbreak. There's a social justice aspect. So keep these three spear points in mind. You got the health aspect, right? The the quote, uh, virus,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you've got the, um, oh, what is the, the green stuff, right? Oh yeah. Uh, global warming. Yeah. You got the global warming stuff and you got the social justice stuff. Isn't our culture completely f- filled with those three things. Most of the issues revolve around that. That's all planned. That's all propagated by the world economic forum run by klaus schwab so um, back to the article to comply with that governments banks and asset managers think how powerful that trio is governments banks asset managers use the environmental social and governance index there's an index that measures all that the ESG, environmental, social, and governance index to squeeze non-woke corporations and businesses out of the market. The ESG index is essentially a social credit score that's used to drive ownership and control of production away from the non-woke or the non-compliant. Government control of production. How did I define socialism? Government control of production. Mm -hmm. And yet he calls it capitalism. It's not. It's not even close. It's the opposite. One of the WEF's many powerful, quote, strategic partners, that's in their literature, is BlackRock, Inc. You heard of them? Mm Mm-hmm. Don't they own most of the media companies in the US?
1: I don't know who they own, but I know they're big. They,
2: they do. They do. That's why all the messaging comes ultimately through the WEF. It doesn't come from CNN's not telling you the news. They're literally a propaganda outlet for the WEF. hundred 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 percent. So anyway, BlackRock, he says the world's largest asset manager, is solidly behind the stakeholder model. In, 20, in a 2021 letter to CEOs, BlackRock CEO, Larry Fink, declared that, quote, climate risk is investment risk and the creation of sustainable index investments has enabled a massive acceleration of capital towards companies better prepared to address climate risk. Is that me being a conspiracy theorist or is that fact that he just wrote that in his letter to all the other CEOs? Mm-hmm. Fink, or the COVID pandemic, Fink wrote, accelerated the flow of funds towards sustainable investments. In other words, to their quote friends, that's what he means by that. Here's the part of his letter. We have long believed that our clients as shareholders in your company will benefit if you can create enduring sustainable value for all your stakeholders. As more and more investors choose to tilt their investments towards sustainability focused companies, the tectonic shift we are seeing will accelerate further. And because this will have such a dramatic impact on how capital is allocated, every management team and board will need to consider how this will impact their company's stock. Let me put it in my words. You better get on board with us or you'll be squished. That's what he's saying. It has nothing to do with being green or pollution. It's economic dominance. Fink's letter is more than a report to CEOs. It is an implicit threat. Be woke or else. Actually, says Sauther got that right. In their recent book on the Great Reset, Schwab and Mallory pit stakeholder capitalism, that's their term, that's in quotes, against neoliberalism. <laughs> Wait do you hear this defining the latter as a corpus of ideas and policies favoring competition over solidarity, creative destruction over government intervention, and economic growth over social welfare. In other words, our author says, neoliberalism refers to the free enterprise system, right? It's the opposite I'm not gonna of say what that, they're saying. That's
1: not what I was thinking when you said neoliberalism.
2: Right. It's That's their game playing. That's how they use those terms to deceive you. What was the original deception in the history of the world? Has God said, Right there's here you have there's this word manipulation here
1: i heard somebody say that satan was the first woke person because he told eve you're not really happy you're well, oppressed by god well,
2: that's right i mean that it that is right isn't that what he's tempting her with mm-hmm. and god god's keeping you down you could be like him how, how bizarre she was like him <laughs> she's his image right oh, oh my gosh Anyway, in other words, neoliberalism refers to the free enterprise system. In opposing that system, stakeholder capitalism entails corporate cooperation with the state and vastly increased government intervention in the economy. Remember that French guy saying Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg doesn't run Facebook. The government does. They've... they've, Their fingers are into everything, Hampton. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Proponents of the Great Reset hold neoliberalism responsible for our economic woes. But in truth, the governmental favoring of industries and players within industries, what used to be known as corporatism or economic fascism, like you pointed out, has been the real source of what Schwab and his allies at the W.E.F. decry.
1: So I have a question. We often heard the phrase crony capitalism. Mm -hmm. So how would that fit into this?
2: I'm not sure I could. I'm prepared to give a good answer to that.
1: Um, I mean, that sounds a lot like government control of, of industry and all the favors.
2: There's a, There would be a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities, but I'm not prepared to detail that exactly. I okay. understand the question. I just have to think about that more. Back to the text. While approved corporations are not necessarily monopolies, the tendency of the great reset is toward monopolization vesting as much control over production and distribution in as few favored corporations as possible, while eliminating industries and producers deemed non-essential or inimical. To bring this reset about, Schwab writes, every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. Another way of describing the goal of the Great Reset is, quote, capitalism with Chinese characteristics, unquote. Oh, boy, I got to pause because it's just so sobering. Once again, how many members of Pfizer's advisory board are full-fledged members in the Chinese Communist Party. Seventy.
1: Okay,
2: back to the text. A two-tiered, so he's going to describe what the phrase, capitalism with Chinese characteristics. A two-tiered economy with profitable monopolies and the state on top and socialism for the majority below. That's what it'll be. That's what we're headed for. That's what essentially, exists almost now. Only it'll be even much more obvious in the coming years. Several decades ago, as China's growing reliance on the for-profit sectors of its economy could no longer be credibly denied by the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, its leadership approved the slogan, Socialism with Chinese Characteristics to describe its economic system. Let's pause there. So China is in a sense, in one sense, Hampton, reality matters to them. So socialism doesn't work. They know that. So they've implemented a fair amount of capitalism in their system. Right. But they, but they can't, <laughs> they don't want to say that. Right. But they know that they know the reality of it. So they've actually approved of the slogan. Right. Capitalism with Chinese characteristics. And what they mean is what he describes successful, huge companies, quote, or slash with the state that's on top of the system. Everybody else, you and me, is underneath in socialism, That's how they wanna run things. That's how the one world will be run. So um, let me read on. Formulated by Deng Xiaoping, the phrase was meant to rationalize the CCP's allowance of for-profit development under a socialist political system. The CCP considered the privatization of the Chinese economy to be a temporary phase (laughs) lasting as long as 100 years, if necessary, on the way to a communist society. Party leaders maintain that this approach has been necessary in China because socialism was introduced too early there.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) See,
2: when China was a backward agrarian country, China needed a capitalist booster shot. Stripped of its socialist ideological pretensions, the Chinese system amounts to a socialist or communist state increasingly funded by capitalist economic development. The difference between the former Soviet Union and the contemporary China is that when it became obvious that a socialist economy had failed, the former gave up its socialist economic pretenses, while the latter did not. China just admitted, yeah, that's so socialism doesn't work economically. <laughs> but we still want this heavy top-down kind of government. You know, we're not voting. We, we don't have a democracy here. But we understand that capitalism creates an economic engine. Russia just denied the whole thing. The Great Reset, represents the development of the Chinese system in the West, but in reverse. See, this is where this article is really good because this is, it helps you see what's really going on. Whereas the Chinese political class began with a socialist political system and then introduced privately held for profit production, the West began with capitalism And is now implementing a Chinese style political system. I mean, that's you couldn't have a clearer sentence Mm -hmm. about what's really going on. Yeah. This Chinese style system includes vastly increased state intervention in the economy on the one hand, and on the other, the kind of authoritarian measures that the Chinese government uses to control its population. Let's pause there for a sec. Did the truckers in Canada recently capitulate? I
1: don't know. Did they?
2: Yeah. Do you know why? No. Because Trudeau was going into their bank accounts. The Canadian government was going into private citizen bank accounts, pilfering them and freezing them. Does that sound sort of Chinese to you?
1: Yeah, it does.
2: At a, this was at a, a conference. I can't give the exact specifics of this. I heard him say it, but it was uh, within the last few months. Hey, Trudeau, aside from Canada, what, what government in the world do you really admire? You want to guess what he said?
1: China. China
2: there you go. And they do all that under like these emergency sort of things. Oh, the Canadian government's not really a criminal because we have this emergency act thing that allows us to do this while we're being threatened by the truckers. What did we do in America? The year before the quote COVID fake pandemic, they changed the emergency use authorization of vaccines because there wouldn't have been a a need for a new vaccine. There's no way you can create a vaccine in one year. There's no way. But under the emergency use rules, right? So it's, it's really a joke. You know, we have laws that govern our society, unless they're going to hinder us from doing what we want. And then we just bypass the law and we call it an emergency use thing. I mean, it's a joke. How do, how do they think, People don't see through that. A lot of them don't, actually. Anyway, back to the text. Schwab and Mallory write that if, quote, the past five centuries in Europe and America have taught us anything, it is that acute crises contribute to boosting the power of the state. It's always been the case, and there's no reason it should be different from the COVID nineteen should be different with the COVID nineteen pandemic. That's a quote from them. What? That's (laughs) why there was this thing to for the government to take more control.
1: Well, that was a was it, Rahm Emanuel, Obama? Yes, yes, Uh, guy that said never let a crisis go to waste.
2: Yes. So they kind of failed with, uh, you know, Obama with the national healthcare care thing. We have aspects of that, but he, he kind of failed with that because in a sense, they almost, you know, like tried to do it legally and people don't like that. That's communism. So, OK, let's try it another way. Let's create a fake pandemic. That's what they're doing. It's on purpose and it, it's much worse than just government control. There's also population control. Yeah. involved in this. But but anyway, this is the real reason why you're seeing the things we are in the last couple of years in our culture. So the draconian lockdown measures employed by Western governments managed to accomplish goals of which corporate socialists in the WEF could only dream. Above all, the destruction of small businesses, Eliminating competitors for corporate monopolists favored by the state. In the U.S. alone, according to the Foundation for Economic Education, millions of small businesses closed their doors due to the lockdowns. Yelp data indicates that 60% of those closures are now permanent. Wow. Yeah. They've, they've
1: yeah, we all were all. stuck at home and ordering from Amazon.
2: Correct. Meanwhile, companies like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google enjoyed record gains. So Obama's attempt at redistribution, you know, he did that to some extent. These guys have done it in spades. And it isn't going to to the poor. It's not Robin Hood. It's the huge corpse getting bigger because the huge corpse are the government these days. Do you understand that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Other developments that advance the Great Reset Agenda have included unfettered immigration, right? That's why Trump had to be removed. He did not lose that election. He won overwhelmingly, but that would have thrown this, it would have stopped the gears of this mechanism dead in their place. So they removed them. So um, unfettered immigration, travel restrictions for otherwise legal border crossing and the federal reserves unrestrained printing of money. They know what that'll do. And here he says that, and subsequent inflation, increased taxation, increased dependence on the state, broken supply chains, the restrictions and job losses due to vaccine mandates, and the prospect of personal carbon allowances. See, they want all of that. They want all of those things contributes to the one world, Chinese on top socialism on the bottom. Such policies reflect the, quote, fairness, unquote, aspect of the Great Reset. Remember terms again, right? We've defined that a lot of times, right? What they mean by fair and what I mean by fair, completely different things. Fairness requires lowering economic status of people in wealthier nations like the U.S. relative to that of people in the poorer regions of the world. One of the functions of woke ideology is to make the majority in developed countries feel guilty about their wealth, which this elites aim to reset downwards, except one notices for the elites themselves who need to be rich in order to fly their private jets to Davos each year. The Great Reset's corporate stakeholder model overlaps with its governance and geopolitical model states and favored corporations are combined in public private partnerships and together have control of governance see that's why that French guy Hampton was saying uh, Zuckerberg doesn't own Facebook the U.S. government does and they pay Zuckerberg a ton of money to run that so anyway Uh, Governance is not only increasingly privatized, but also, and more importantly, corporations are deputized as major additions to governments and intergovernmental bodies. The state is thereby extended, enhanced and augmented by the addition of enormous corporate assets. As such, Corporations become what I have called governmentalities. I think that's exactly right. Otherwise, private organizations wield it as a state apparatus with no obligation to answer to pesky voters. Since these corporations are multinational, the state essentially becomes globalist, whether or not a one-world government is ever formalized. As if the economic and governmental resets are not dramatic enough, the technological reset reads like a dystopian science fiction novel. It's based on the Fourth Industrial Revolution, or 4IR for short. The first, second, and third industrial revolutions were mechanical, electrical, and digital revolutions. The 4IR marks the convergence of existing and emerging fields, including big data, artificial intelligence, machine learning, quantum computing, genetics, nanotechnology, and robotics. The foreseen result will be the merging of the physical, digital, and biological worlds which presents a challenge to the ontologies by which we understand ourselves and the world, including the definition of a human being. So let me pause. Hampton, our worldview podcasts are so important for understanding the politics of the day. But let's use Schwab as an example you think his definition of a human of what it is to be human would correspond to mine no not even close right it'd be like we're talking we're from different planets almost but that that's why you have to understand these guys worldview they don't go to bed thinking they're evil they go to bed thinking they're they're heroes they're bringing about the natural evolution of, a, of what humanity is, I'm trying to b- bring it to a glorified state. We've, we've said this before, but it's always impressed me that the goals of the socialists are so parallel to mine, but with completely different results, <laughs> right? Like, oh, let's have universal health care. Yeah, I think we're going to have that one day when the great doctor, the great physician is on the throne, we're not going to achieve it by human governance. (laughs) We're going to achieve it by godly governance and Mm -hmm. so on. Right. So back to the text, there's nothing original about this. Transhumanists and singularitarians, that is prophets of technological singularity, such as Ray Kurzweil, forecasted these and other revolutionary developments long ago. What's different about the globalist vision of 4IR is the attempt to harness it at the ends of the Great Reset. If already existing 4IR developments are any indication of the future, then the claim that it will contribute to human happiness is false. These developments include internet algorithms that feed users prescribed news and advertisements and downrank or exclude banned content, algorithms that censor social media content and consign, quote, dangerous individuals and organizations to digital gulags, keyword warrants based on search engine inputs apps that track and trace COVID violations and report offenders to the police, robot police with scanners to identify and round up unvaccinated and other dissidents, and smart cities where residents are digital entities to be monitored, surveilled, and recorded, and where data on their, very move, on their every move is collected, collated, stored, and attached to a digital identity and a social credit score. Well,
1: that's already happening in China.
2: Yes. And that a lot of that is what's happening with the vaccine. So anybody who hasn't done this yet, find a place where you can read the patents for the vaccines. It has all that reads almost like the patent, mm-hmm. right? There's graphene oxide in the patent, in the vaccines. Why? because that's used in tracking stuff. They're building little computer interfaces within you. Believe it or not, they're doing that. Most of these vaccines really have to do with genetic engineering. They're not vaccinating against an illness. That illness doesn't even exist, by the way. They're, they're genetically manipulating the human race. Back to the text, in short, four IR technologies subject human beings to a kind of technological management that makes surveillance by the NSA look like child's play. Schwab goes so far as to cheer developments that aim to connect human brains directly to the cloud for the sake of data mining our thoughts and memories. If successful, this would constitute a technological mastery over decision-making that would threaten human autonomy and undermine free will. See, when your worldview comes from evolution, human free will, who cares about that? Mm The 4IR seeks to accelerate the merging of humanness and machines resulting in a world in which all information, including genetic information, is shared and every action, thought, and motivation is known, predicted, and possibly precluded. Unless taken out of the hands of corporate socialist technocrats, the 4IR will eventually lead to a virtual and inescapable prison of body and mind. In terms of the social order, the Great Reset promises inclusion in a shared destiny. That's how they're going to sell it to the public. But the subordination of so-called netizens, (laughs) we're used to the term citizens, right? They're they're going to use the term netizens, implies economic and political disenfranchisement, a hypervigilance over self and others, and social isolation, or what Hannah Arendt called organized loneliness on a global scale. Now who's Hannah Arendt? Isn't that interesting that she came up here, right? Didn't we read her a couple weeks ago? I don't remember. Remember when we were talking about, I said, let me go back and read the uh, after the Vietnam war and you know what the governments were really deciding. Oh yeah. That was Hannah Arendt. Okay so he refers to that philosopher good of him i actually like the author i'm just quibbling with his his willingness to bow down to the bigger society anyway um so the hannah are organized loneliness on a global scale this organized loneliness is already manifest in lockdowns masking social distancing and the social exclusion of the unvaccinated. The title of the Ad Council's March 2020 public service announcement, Alone Together, perfectly captures this sense of organized loneliness. See, when you're really sharp, you can predict what's gonna happen in the future. Not as if you were a prophet, but just by being sharp.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And Hannah Arendt hit that nail right on the head. You know what? Here's a little rabbit trail, but you'll enjoy this one. Uh, Where that really came home to me was studying textual criticism and reading Westcott and Hort. And they had said, well, before this ever happened, if you somehow were able to find manuscripts that predated the ones we have now, you know, that went back to within 100 years, 200 years of the original New Testament text. These uh, texts would read such and such. And then after they had died, we found manuscripts like that. Right. We found like P46, mm-hmm. right. The The famous ones they read exactly like Westcott and Ward said they would. That means what they were saying was right. And yeah. so here's how we can test our own Politics Friday podcast. I wish I'd have said this last week. I, I had told my friends, but now we don't really have it on record. Russia will invade Ukraine. There's no, no question about that. Here's the second half of that.
1: Well, do you know that the missile started
2: flying last year? Yes, yes, yes. But here's the second part of that. The U.S. will do nothing about that. Nothing. Now, ostensibly, they will say, we're going to put sanctions on Russia. That is doing nothing. Here's why. The last time we put sanctions on Russia, they primarily pertained to Russia's oil. Industry, they got around that real quick. You know why? Why? Joe Biden facilitated them getting around it. He gets paid by Russia. It's all on his son's computer. He will do nothing. They own him. And so does China. That's where Joe Biden really makes his money. It's not by being a senator. It's by being paid huge, millions of dollars by Russia and China to do that stuff. So whatever the president, you know, was Obama at that time, we're going to sanction Russia. No, you're not. You're just going to say that, but you know, they're going to get around that because you're going to facilitate them getting around that. They own him. I don't watch movies, Hampton, as you know, but one time I did see a movie called 300. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that a good one?
1: Yeah, that's great.
2: So do you remember this scene where, you know, there's a one uh, government official guy who's the monkey wrench in Sparta's operation? He keeps, he's the opposition to everything they want to do. And at one point, you know, a brouhaha breaks out and he gets stabbed or something and his purse gets opened up. It's full of gold coins from Persia. So, in other words, Xerxes paid him to be the monkey wrench in Sparta's operation. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. Nothing's changed, Hampton. Joe Biden gets paid. That I, That's not conspiracy theory. That's in Hunter's laptop. That's why you never saw that on any of those, uh, like CNN, or they would never do that. They would never show you what was on his computer yeah. because if it's then the monkey's out of the bag, right? Then you know. he's Biden will do nothing. And here's what will happen next. So we can check. I'm going to be the Westcott and Hort of our podcast. China will take over Taiwan. We will do nothing about that. And it's in some ways, I agree with doing, you know, I don't want to be at war with the world, but we're not doing it because we think it's a good idea. We're doing it because they own us. And essentially behind closed doors, they're saying, sit there and be a good boy while we do this because we own you, Joe. Yeah. So that's the, so we'll see if that plays out the way I said, my guess is it will. I've only been wrong a couple billion times in my life, Hampton, so. I could be wrong again, <laughs> but that's my guess. We'll check on that over the coming months. Uh, we're almost at the end of this article. Let me quit rabbit trailing me. Let me finish okay. up. In, yeah. my rec- <laughs> okay. In my recent book, "Gulag or Google Archipelago," I argued that leftist authoritarianism is the political theology and modus operandi of what I call Big Digital, which is on the leading edge of a nascent world system. Big Digital is the communications, ideological, and technical technological arm of an emerging corporate socialist totalitarianism. The Great Reset is the name that has since been given to the project of establishing this world system. Just as Schwab and the WEF predicted the COVID crisis has accelerated the great reset. Monopolistic corporations have consolidated their grip on the economy from above, while socialism continues to advance for the rest of us below. In partnership with big digital, big pharma, the mainstream media, national and international health agencies, and compliant populations, Hitherto, democratic Western states, think especially of Australia, New Zealand, Austria, are being transformed into totalitarian regimes modeled after China. It's exactly what's happening. But let me end on a note of hope. Ah, here's where we crash and burn. Because the goals of the Great Reset depend on the obliteration, not only of free markets, but of individual liberty and free will, it is, perhaps ironically, unsustainable. Like earlier attempts at totalitarianism, the Great Reset is doomed to ultimate failure. That doesn't mean, however, that it won't. Again, like those earlier attempts, leave a lot of destruction in its wake, which is all the more reason to oppose it now and with all our might. So that's our hope. (laughs) That's (laughs) the hope.
1: After we're all... Uh, made poor, it's going to fail.
2: Yeah. How, how encouraged are you by that hope? Let me tell you what the hope is. The omnipotent, omniscient God is our hope. And this stuff compared to him is nothing. Now, he might let it play out for a while, but we already know the story. We already know the, how the scoreboard reads at the end of the contest and we win Hampton our hope isn't what this guy said it was our hope is in our God and in prayer to access God's power go ahead
1: first Thessalonians 1 3 we continually remember before our God and father your work produced by faith your labor prompted by love in your endurance, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ.
2: It's our hope. And that's infallible. We win in the end, in the meantime. I mean, we've seen this before. What's the ultimate paradigm of someone like Schwab and, you know, leading this whole Great Reset? Isn't it Pharaoh? I mean, what happened to Pharaoh. How did how'd his little showdown with God go? Yeah. Well, that's what's going to happen again. That's our hope. Um, so anyway, I, what I really want to do is lay the foundation for how to view the COVID stuff. It's within the context of this great reset. So, yeah, that's a really that, good article. That's a, a really good article. He's he's correct in all that. And don't be afraid of the stupid label of conspiracy theorists. Don't let that keep you from the facts. So, yeah. Okay. Until next time, Hampton.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect.